High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, cheer fans, horror fans, fans of both genres. We'll see after today. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, school's still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. Today is a big day on high school slumber party. The superintendent, Mike Manzi, is here, and he promises me and the slumbers that he's finally going to answer to what the fate is of high school slumber party. And guys, I'm optimistic. I don't know. I'm feeling good. I, I, I think he's going to have some good news. If you recall, we're still in our senior year. It's literally been years in our senior year. Hoping we can escape that. I'm hoping we can enter some other astral plane of talking teen films. I think I've put in the work. I think you guys as slumberers have put in the work. So we should be there. But if you want to, you know, get a little bit of extra credit before he comes on, please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. While you're there, leave us a positive review. Give us a positive rating. Also, you can tell a friend about High School Slumber Party, a great way to spread the word and the message of this show. And one more thing you can do, right? Well, there's a lot more things, but one more thing you can do is listen to all the other old episodes of High School Slumber Party, the past episodes. We have over 300 of them. Your support would be so helpful and so awesome. Please, please, please. I want to continue doing this show, but the Cage Club Podcast Network, that's cageclub.me, that's cageclub.me. There's a lot of internal politics about it, right? They want the show to be more polished. They want us to do more. I don't think they like that bell sound effect. And come on. You know at this point, the bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. Please, please, please. Have a seat. I don't even know what I was saying. I lost my train of thought. Regardless, please, please support the show so that we can continue making episodes for the very, very low price of zero dollars and zero cents. Join our Patreon. Wait, we don't even have a Patreon. That's how free this show is. Support it, support it, support it. Couple other things before we get to the episode. It is not Hocus Pocus 2 today. I'm sorry, I've had some technical difficulties. Of course, you know, another good sign for the continuation of the show. No, I'm optimistic. I've had some technical difficulties, so I had to rearrange our schedule a bit. The wife's going to come on for Hocus Pocus 2, I promise you that. But I had some other episodes in the can, and Halloween is fast approaching, so I'm going to try to shoot them off as fast as possible. So please take your time and listen to them. Today, we are talking, bring it on, cheer or die? That's right, 
the seventh installment in the Bring It On series. It was a sci-fi channel movie, and it's a horror movie. I don't know if this missed your radar. I got a couple people messaging me about it on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. By the way, you can also tweet me. I know Twitter's not so popular right now. We'll see what happens with that. But you can also tweet at me directly. It's at O-H-M-Y Rodriguez. O-My Rodriguez. little play on words there. So hit me up there. But anyway, some slumbers had sent me this one, and I had to bring on Mike Manzi, the superintendent, to talk about it. So today we're talking bring it on, cheer or die. Hocus Pocus will come in the next couple days or so, or maybe a week. Give me some time. And one more thing I wanted to just make you aware of, besides wishing you a happy Halloween. Please, 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 my brother was on our last episode for the Brady Bunch movie, and I got so much positive feedback about that, so thank you, Kenny, for coming on. That was such a fun movie. We're going to definitely, definitely, definitely talk the sequel here. So let's do it. Let's get to the episode. Yes, I'm excited to talk another Bring It On film, but I'm almost as excited to hear what the fate of High School Slumber Party is. So make sure you listen to the whole episode and listen for that. So pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother to sleep at Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. I don't know if this actually had a soundtrack. I don't know. I didn't really look it up. I'll see by the end of the episode, but let's just leave you with a song I left you with before. And this one's from back in the era of Cheer Mondays, the golden era of High School Slumber Party, I'd say. We're going to get back to it. We're going to go to a platinum era. I promise. This is a good episode. This is a good start. I'm feeling good vibes. So let's do it. Hey, Mickey, bring it on version. OG bring it on version. I can't wait. Class dismissed. Superintendent, you are here, and this is this is a great time to have you on because Halloween. A lot of people talk horror movies. I feel like we talk horror movies all the time on High School Slumber Party. But. <laughs> well, yeah, and when you're on my show, Third Times a Charm, I have you on intentionally for for crazy, <laughs> wild, wacky horror movies. <laughs> but uh, this is appropriate, I think, because we covered a similar film, in my estimation. Uh, mm-hmm. The Slumber Party Massacre, the sci-fi yeah. edition of the Slumber Party Massacre, which yeah. was a reboot in the vein of this one, a popular franchise, sci-fied up, you know, for a modern audience. And today, of course, we're talking Bring It On, Cheer or Die. Introduce yourself. I mean, if you want to, you're the superintendent. Introduce yeah, no, yourself I don't mind. Like. Absolutely. So, Superintendent Manzi here. How's it going, everybody? I uh, graduated class of 97, RHS, go Maroons. Brian, I'm very excited to be here tonight for this movie in particular, for one of the reasons you just mentioned that, you know, earlier in the year we covered that Slumber Party Massacre sci-fi movie remake, and I have to say I was quite impressed by that, you know, I was like, oh, look, uh, this this movie, like, everything matches, like, you could you could follow it, like, it's actually a, it was a cool, fun story and a twist on on sort of the conventions of the original movie. This one was such a sort of surprise because like the Bring It On series, and by the way, shout out, uh, what was it, Cheer Mondays that you had going on? Oh yeah, that was fun. During like the heart of the pandemic, Cheer Mondays. (laughs) 
like the Bring It On franchise is not a horror franchise originally. So like that's why I was really excited to see this is like how are they gonna genrefy Bring It On? Like is the next one I was talking to my girlfriend, I was like, is the next one gonna be a sci-fi one that takes place in the <laughs> so, you, so you could do like zero gravity tricks and stuff? That's sort of just the big difference between the two that I that I saw initially, where it's like I was expecting something I guess I had expectations from Slumber Party Massacre. This, I had no idea really how or where they were going to take it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And, I, I, you know, I can't wait to talk about it. But also, Mike, you're here. You've said you have some big news for me at the end of the episode. And I'm, you know, I'm a little optimistic. I'm getting excited. So can't wait to hear that. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's just say uh, we haven't seen the last of each other. <laughs> nice, nice. I like to hear that you know nice little uh you know as we're talking a horror film a little suspense for the slumbers out there i love it but mike i gotta ask what is your history with the bring it on franchise <laughs> it's not that big when when was the first bring it on let me let me bring up some notes 2000 so I, I don't know exactly why I watched the first Bring It On. I think I must have seen it on HBO or cable or something like that. And it was 2000. So like I was still, I was like 20, 21 or something. So I probably was crushing hard on like Elijah Dushku or something like that, you know? And I was like, what? I'll check out this movie. And I'm watching it and it's like actually well-written. It's fun. It's a fun, kooky high school movie. It's a cool rival it's really high good, school yeah. movie. Yeah, it's got the two rival high schools. It's got the whole sort of like you stole our our moves plot thing. And I was like, wow, this thing is solid. Uh, and that was kind of it. I, I later became aware that there were a couple sequels because one of my nieces is like a bring it on style cheerleader. Like she goes to cheer camp. She does all the competitions high school college like she did she did and is still doing like all of this stuff and so for her birthday one year i was like i'm gonna give her bring it on on dvd and i was like oh look there's like a three movie bring it on (laughs) dvd fact i was like they made three of them and so that that's how i found out about that and now you know many many years later here we are and i was like why is this happening? And then eventually I was like, who cares? Because it sounds like a blast. You know, it's almost like a weird, it's hard to describe. Like, I don't know, like what other film genre has done this. There was talk in the past about how 21 Jump Street was going to cross over with Men in Black. Yeah. That's like the closest thing in my mind I could think of, of like um, a franchise just completely jumping genres like this and being like, we're going to do a horror version now. (laughs) So this is uh that's my history with with cheering and everything yeah so this franchise again we covered this again i think it was you know the heart of 2020 but um sorry bring it on itself bring it on proper and it is a really good movie especially in this genre kirsten dunst is amazing douche is amazing it was not uncommon at the time like right like road trip had some pseudo sequels american pie had a ton of of like pseudo sequels that were like loosely connected great example brian okay but imagine if american pie 5 was like murder at the lake you know american die (laughs) (laughs) and that's why this is so interesting that they took this pivot uh because it does it's not continuing the formula it look it does continue some formulas let's be honest but does not continue the bring it on formula um there are seven bring it on films at this point 
Well, After the first one, they all went straight to DVD. Um, except this one is just straight to TV. But um, it's Bring It On from 2000. Bring It On Again from 2004. Bring It On All or Nothing from 2005. Bring It On right. In It to Win It from 2007. <laughs> Bring It On Fight to the Finish from 2009. <laughs> Everyone thought that was the end. But then in 2017, they revived the franchise with Bring It On Worldwide Cheer Smack. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know what I that love, means. I love those subtitles, though. I love how they get more and more intense. <laughs> yeah, they really do. And now here we are with "Cheer or Die," right? Bring it on, "Cheer or Die," and for what it's worth, just spoiler alert, sort of. This is getting like panned out there. People are shitting on this film a lot. Oh, really? I'm like, I'm I'm glad you're saying that because I think people need to cut it some slack. Yeah, yeah. People need the chills. Don't compare it to the original Bring It On movie, first of all. Second of all, don't compare it to, like, your favorite slasher horror film. You know, this is not Midsommar here, you know? Like, (laughs) this is just supposed to be a popcorn sci-fi channel horror movie. Yeah, a genre mashup. Yeah. These are a little bit more elevated than Lifetime films, you know, in terms of the budget they get and what they... And I don't even mean that as yeah. a just a Lifetime film, so you know what no, I mean? No, no, no. Just like, by terms of sort of exposure, I would say. Yes. You know, that's yes. their step up is like distribution. <laughs> so I want to give them credit for exactly what you're saying, Mike, for taking this genre that and this series, which is a little bit tired, and putting a new spin on it, no pun intended. Yeah. Was it a great movie? I don't know if it was a great movie. Did I have fun watching it? In the context of this show, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. Like, were there a lot of missed opportunities? Sure. Is this the cheer horror film I would have written? No way. But does it have its moments? Yes. Do I love the ending? A hundred percent. I think the last half hour is is perfect for what this movie is. Brian, you know, I hate to bring this up, but recently over the summer... Uh, I had you on for Sharknado 3 on my show, and I talked extensively about how that movie just does not cut together. It is just so hard to watch because you're, you know, sort of like discombobulated by the by the manner of which it is shot and that you can't get a foothold of where you are most of the time. This movie is very competent. Like, I remember it started, I was like, oh, this looks better than than most made for TV sci-fi movies or most, you know, movies shot on video. I was like expecting, you know, something fine. And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's not that it turns out being like anything amazing or whatever, but like for what it's worth, I would say it's at least worth like an hour and a half of your time. You know, I don't know, whatever. It's, it's just, it's just a, it's just a fun idea. And it's a, it's a cool thing to do for, for Halloween and stuff. Again, it's just, it's just a fun movie. Um, so I was reading a lot of the reviews because I wanted, not just from critics, but like from people as well. And I, cause I wanted to see what people hated about the movie. People were like, it's predictable, low budget. Somebody said not enough gore, but hello, it's on sci-fi channel. It's not going to be insane. Yeah. With that, yeah. Right? Yeah. There's, there's definitely another cut of this coming, like, you know, with the R rated violence and stuff, because this was highly censored. I read a review that that stuck with me, but the problem is I don't remember where it's from. I don't remember who said it. I don't know if it was a critic. I don't know if it was just someone on Letterboxd, right? So mm-hmm. if I would have remembered that, I would have credited it. The Again, the only reason I'm saying it is because it's still in my head. And they were like, 
something along the lines of, if this movie came out in the 80s, by now it would be a cult classic and it would have a 4K restoration, right? (laughs) We have different expectations today of what we want our horror and slasher films to be. But if you go back to a time where people were just renting VHS and popping it in for a fun night, this fits with that. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, makes total sense to me. You know, I, you know, my high school years were spent like roaming Blockbuster Friday night looking for just like cheap straight to video horror stuff. Jack Frost, Leprechaun, like those kinds of sequels and stuff. And like this, this I think is trying to capture more of sort of the sense of like prom night and that kind of thing. But it's all of that. And yeah, to be quite honest, you know, I, I, I don't really want to get into it too much but like i watched this the same weekend i watched the new halloween movie and not to compare apples and oranges or anything like that but like i think this was just a little more successful in what it was trying to do let me go on record by saying i like what halloween ends was going for i just didn't really vibe with its execution maybe because it didn't have enough time in my opinion it could have it could have been a little slower and and a little more frightening but like that i mean i think they're in sort of the same gray zone where it's like what do you do with halloween at this point and what do you do with fucking bring it on you know uh, a, a movie with a demographic so small you could probably like <laughs> barely find it with a microscope uh so you know you gotta temper expectations at this point you gotta go in with it knowing what you like and knowing you know but like trying to be open-minded and find something new you might like you know i like where your head's at mike i like where your head's at with that i don't want to go off on this tangent but the halloween film i haven't seen the last three so i'm just going to ask a quick question not a spoiler question but i was reading an article that said you're supposed to view the last three as its own trilogy do you agree with that is that true i would say you would have to um, not that you. I would say you have to watch the very first Halloween, and then that it's it's a quadrilogy, if anything. I was gonna say you can cover this new one then on Third Times a Charm if it's a, <laughs> the third part of a new well, trilogy. It is. It is the third part of a new trilogy. Yeah, but I think to get the entire context of what David Gordon Green and uh, Kenny Powers were going for, I think you got to watch that first one, and then give yourself like a week or two, and then watch the three new ones sort of like maybe even back to back or something like that. Mm. And I think that'll be, you might dig it. Yeah. And I only, I bring it up to not to get philosophical, but, and you know, I'm not a horror guy like that. So I, I'm the last person who could say this, but I do feel like the 2022 person, not everyone, but a lot of people can overvalue a lot of what they want horror to be in their lives. And overanalyze, I think, is a better word, right? Like, give me mm-hmm. more, give me more stuff like this too, right? As much as all the stuff that everyone's going to be talking about, give me the junk and junk yeah. food, junk food, <laughs> junk yeah, food. Yeah, so it's so funny you say that, Brian, because like you know, I'll watch The Vivitch, The Witch, you know, twenty uh, fifteen's The Witch, which is like elevated horror. And, you know, <laughs> I I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay, but like. Then I'll pop in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark or something, you know, or or like, you know, um, Tremors, right? Like, I don't have a bar when it comes to that, really. Like, that's why I think I gravitate towards sci-fi and horror much more, especially these days. 
I'm open to whatever it wants to give me as opposed to like comedy. I have, I have much more, I have, I have more expectations out of what I want from a comedy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I only watch certain types of comedies I feel at this point, but uh, I'm more open to explore horror when it comes down to it. And so when I come across a movie like this, like, yeah, I don't love it. And like, I'm never probably going to watch it again, but if I was a teenager and this came on a Friday night and I was hanging out with my friends and like having some beers in a basement or something like this would be the best thing to have on in the background. And you just like sit around playing mystery science theater with it or something. You know? <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Um, so normally we read back at DVD, back at VHS. This was on sci-fi though. You can rent it anywhere, by the way, like you can pay the $3 and rent it on Amazon if you don't have sci-fi, but I think it's free on some places, but okay, uh, great, even better. Like on demand, like if you have sci-fi, you can just watch it on demand. Yeah, yeah, and that's the easiest way to watch it. But uh, but if you want to watch it like as a movie and you don't have a cable hookup or like a, oh, you right, know, a yeah. streaming cable service that doesn't have sci-fi, just rent it. But uh, bring it on, cheer or die. This is from the Sci-Fi Channel website, and it's short. When a cheer squad practices their routines on Halloween weekend in an abandoned school. They are picked off one by one by an unknown killer. And I just want to say, I was eating up all the high school tropes here. Uh, Mike, you and I, <laughs> uh, we saw each other over the weekend and we were like, is this a high school film? Is it a college film? But it is firmly a high school film, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. High school principals, abandoned schools. Yeah, I mean, a lot. most of it takes place in not just one high school but two high schools like i love that idea that they haven't knocked down the abandoned high school yet like it's just sitting there <laughs> waiting to be converted into something else these kids all feel really young like high school kids they act a lot like high school kids or at least i remember them acting you know um it's kind of funny like i know if I'm not mistaken, you haven't seen Euphoria yet, but I feel like they were possibly riffing on a couple characters from that show in this movie. Oh, interesting. I mean, I've seen Euphoria. So like the the blonde the the blonde one in Euphoria and that's in season two is dating the tall mean guy. I don't know how to explain. Her <laughs> sister her sister puts on the play. The one Judd Apatow's daughters in that show, so like her yeah. sister on that show. I don't know. I, I I don't have it all straight in my head. But there's like the blonde girl. I feel like they tried to do like a mean Nate kind of guy in this version. Like I don't know. I, I just it just got kind of like that. that sort of a G version of that going on. Um, but then of course you know you have like your stoner dude and um, you know. A couple hot girls, I guess. A couple hot guys too. Uh, so like, it was that was the one thing. It was hard for me to sort of get a bead on stereotypes because I guess there just really weren't. Even though it tries to be part of the plot, I wasn't really picking up on a lot of that. I was just like, oh, these people just seem like a bunch of kids. Yeah, but Mike, I think you're hovering around something that I thought um, the Euphoria comp is interesting because. I think there are stereotypes. I just don't think they're the stereotypes that you and I are used to in horror films. I think they might be more 2022 stereotypes. Because if we're recognizing them from Euphoria, we've evolved, right? Yes, yes. I think the movie makes fun of that, right? Like, there's certain characters that are virgins. So you get some of those tropes, but then you get some other things that I would even call tropes in the modern horror films. Like, uh, a lot more queer characters 
in the front. And I don't mean like tropes in a bad way, right? Yeah, there's like three of them in this. That was that was good to see. Yeah, we got sensitive boys. You know, we used to never get that in horror films. Like sensitive straight boys. I mean, you know, it feels more. You're right. Like watching Euphoria than watching a Friday the Thirteenth movie in the '80s when it comes to the characters. I wonder if that was some of the backlash too, where it was like it's possible. Like to me, that's what. I was like, oh, you know, you point something out to me. It's like, Mike, they might have been stereotypes, but you just didn't recognize them as that. So to you, they're they're enough of a character for you to sort of be invested. And I was like, oh, that's kind of like interesting point of view, you know, like it's not my generation. So like whatever they're throwing at me is sort of a new sort of view, uh, lens. You know what I'm saying? So like I get to view it through that no matter what it is. I'm sort of getting something out of it, I feel. Yeah, like I don't know why. And maybe it's just from watching too much TV because I obviously don't go to high school, but I feel like the kind of shade that happens in high schools today is a little bit more like subtle. And that's the kind of shade we see here rather than in that flashback to whatever it is, 2002, 2002. Yeah. Which does not make sense with character ages, but we don't have to get into that. Like Missy Pyle is not that young, (laughs) but I feel like I'm going to put it. Like, you know, there was like a nasty mean girl cheerleader there, and that doesn't right, really right. exist in this one. That doesn't mean that there's not like cattiness between the characters, but it's just, it's played with different notes in 2022 yeah. than I think it would have been in 2002. So I found that like pretty interesting here. Yeah, no, that that's a good point too, because we find out that the heroine uh, is sort of the daughter of the person who did like the death prank i don't know how else to describe it like she's the one that was responsible for that girl to die in the beginning we find out like and you would think that the daughter would you know in a in a more sort of like typical story would turn out like the mother right would be the villain and it's like oh sins of the past or whatever but like we find out there's a whole there was sort of i think a hilariously well-placed twist you know (laughs) that was kind of set up a little bit but a much better kind of play on that uh, at the end there, making her not carrying that tradition. Not, you know, like you said, like there isn't really, for lack of a better term, like a bitch, right? There's not like yeah. that character doesn't exist in this movie, which is kind of, at least in the modern In the modern context. setting, yeah. Yeah. So this was directed by a woman named Karen Lamb. So again, sci-fi hiring good uh, women directors to do these films, I think is a huge step up from what we've seen previously, right? The most notable credit she has is directing a film in 2013 called Evangeline. Have you heard of that one? It's a horror film? No, I don't think so. I looked it up and I've definitely like seen the cover places, but I've never, I've never watched it. It's sort of like an indie horror film. And she's done a lot of other indie horror stuff too. Again, I think she did a good job here. And the cast, not a lot of known names. I already mentioned Missy Pyle, who plays Principal Simmons, is probably the most famous person here. Yes. She did a lot of those, like, you know, Ben Stiller-esque comedies, like Dodgeball, Long Came Polly. She was in Big Fish, Galaxy Quest. Yeah, Galaxy Quest is the alien. Uh, yeah, I wish she was in a lot more of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, Look, we, we can just, like, talk about anything, right, about the movie. We don't have to wait. Like, no, go, go just, for it, yeah. a, like, I, she should have been the killer, right? Like, they're not, I was they're shocked the she wasn't. Movie. They're going to wait till the next movie, but at least she's, like, she's partially involved with being the killer, at least. <laughs> this is a random, random fact that nobody cares about, but I'll say it anyway. 
Um, she briefly had a country music band with Shawnee Smith. Wait. They were called Smith and Pyle, which is funny. Uh, but Shawnee Smith, we talked about last year, me and Shawnee Mead. Uh, yeah. We talked, talked to the blob, and Shawnee's named after Shawnee Smith. So I'm like, worlds collide. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool reference. Yeah. There's two other people that I somewhat recognize, and I think only real diehard slumbers would probably know them. So Tierra Scooby was one of them. She played Michaela, and I think it was the first year of High School Slumber Party, Joey and I covered this film called Summer of 84, and, you know, like a nice indie horror film, and she's in that. And I'm like, I know I recognize her face, and looked at the IMDb, that's where I saw her in. And the girl who plays Regan? No, no, I didn't know anything she was in, sorry. Um, Mostly, they're mostly Canadian tv actors and oh that that tracks that tracks for sci-fi films right like they're they're mostly canadian productions i feel yeah that's one and two i don't know there's a couple times where they like did like they said canadian things like oh where's the washroom again you know like (laughs) they did in a boot face (laughs) like like it slipped out here or there but not just sci-fi films mike so many of the horror films like prom night have such a big Canadian history, yeah. so it makes sense. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, I thought they pulled it off. It didn't, you know, I didn't. They never said they were in America in the movie no. ever once. You know, to be fair, if anyone out there is curious, this does not have any real connection to bring it on, right? Like Kirsten Dunst doesn't appear as the killer or anything like that, right? Like this is just. I don't even know if it's in their universe. The only thing <laughs> that's related is that it's cheerleading and murder. That's the catch. And well, I'll say this. It's not just murderous cheerleaders, theoretically. It does involve a lot of the cheer. We get dance numbers. We get oh routines. And that yes. might be my favorite part of, of the film. The fact that they tried their best to incorporate <laughs> all that. See, it is, first and foremost, there's still a cheer movie. There are full routines. It's like watching a competition. Um Unfortunately, that, to me, got kind of stale because it just it's just like dancing aerobics and flipping and flopping and it's just like it all looks amazing i don't know what's better like i could never be a cheer judge you know unless someone really fell like they did in the opening like i'd be like okay deduct a point um but otherwise there's just so much choreography going on that it, i got a little overwhelmed by it but i did appreciate how they were like you know what like people who like this series are still going to watch this movie like we have to stay true and make it cheer as fuck because that's what they did and at the and there's like full routines in the beginning and end of absolutely both sides. It was insane. I'm watching it going like this. This is like a five minute routine. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's what I love because was that for me? No, but it's exactly what you said. They were like, if this is going to be something worthy of the Bring It On series name, we have to have great cheering in it. So yeah. we are going to put that in whether you like it or not. I thought there was going to be a- a- that end cheer thing i thought that was going to be there's going to be like a catch there and there was a little yeah twist, but yeah. We, you're right we we got two full routines out of that like full routines and um, when we did our cheer mondays one of the criticisms of the guests i brought on who were cheerleaders they were like some of these movies are called cheer movies and there's not enough cheer in them can't say that about this film 
<laughs> if anything, there's not enough like horror in this one. Um, you meant you said one thing there that would have blown my mind so hard, and hopefully, she's home watching this with her kids. <clears throat> I don't know if they're old enough, but like, you know, if Kirsten Dunst or Elijah Dusko, you're out there and you've caught this on television or caught wind of this, please come back for the next one. Oh my <laughs> god, like that would be insane if because like they could just be parents of you know it's, screw the timeline right like who gives a shit about any of that like just get him in the movie somehow and uh that would be incredible you know what i really liked too was the mascot in this i liked that there was a mascot and i liked how he kind of looked like krampus but he was diablo the devil uh and i liked yeah. that they dressed up as him to be the the killer like he went around or she or they i should say ran around dressed as the mascot performing all the murderous activity yeah yeah i thought that was cool that they that again so very high school the fact that again they're they are a high school cheer team and they're repping that diablos thing that is very reminiscent of the original film the toros in the original film the cheer uniforms someone pointed this out to me and i've never been able to forget it high school cheer uniforms are never this sexy yet in the movies they always make them super sexy looking right like and uh, to be fair, I don't think any of these actors are 18 or, or younger. You know, they all seem like they're in their mid or late 20s. So I'm not saying I was attracted to them, but, you know, like the midriff and the short skirts. Yeah, you know I mean? it's, yeah, just it's funny. Weird you're watching it going like they're trying to get like the boyfriends to watch this with them or something. You know, like that that is a whole side of the movie that like I'm just, I guess, kind of. Not that I'm oblivious to it, but it's just like doesn't work on me, you know. You're it's not like, there oh. for that. Yeah, I get that. Not yeah, yeah, right, right. And I'm like the old man going like, "That's not practical to cheer in. Like that doesn't, you know, like it doesn't <laughs> look like it provides enough like protection for her arms and stuff. Like, what if she gets like an arm burn from like you know someone grabbing her wrong and she doesn't have long sleeves on? Like that's not the right thing to be. Wearing. No, exactly. Also, there's a scene in the beginning where they're just on the football field and they're like uh, yes. looking at their rivals. And the rivals are beating them or like looking better than them. And they're like sulking on the sidelines during this game. I'm like, you're cheerleaders. Even if you feel that way, don't be like, oh my God, they're so much better than us. Hello, you're being watched by everyone on the sideline and you're sulking like that. That's the opposite of cheer spirit, guys. But, but, but what they're sulking about is the fact that Principal Pyle, Missy Pyle, will like, she forbids them to cheer correctly because of the incident at the school 20 years ago they have not been able to put on like a proper performance and but they've been cheering in secret uh, but they're like kind of afraid to bust it out at night that night at the game so yeah they're all kind of like huddled up and like upset and like morale is super low but you're right like brian like i've never seen cheerleaders be so depressed before (laughs) oh man this movie's short we don't need, especially if you cut out the cheer dance routines, it's probably like an hour. You know? <laughs> no lie. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what are some of maybe your favorite kills, things okay. you didn't like? Um, so just to get to the premise, right? They decide that they're going to spend all of Halloween, a 24-hour marathon straight practicing at this abandoned high school, getting the routine right so that they can go to regionals. They need to do it here because, like you said, Principal Missy Pyle does not want them to do these routines. She has her reasoning, we find out later. Um, and then they're an interesting cast of characters, including one of a set of twins. And I don't know if you thought it was a twist, Mike. 
once I saw that there was like a shy twin and a twin that was on the team, I'm like, these twins are somehow involved, right? Like you have, no. to, <laughs> you had well, to I figure mean, it out somehow. They're they're twins in a horror movie, so they're up to something. Yes, definitely. Uh, but I actually, I gotta say, like maybe because. At times, I my mind was drifting, and I was sort of half paying attention to scenes and things, you know, that were so familiar. I just kind of glazed over. By the time the reveal came, I was like so happy that they just incorporated the opening sequence into the plot at yes. some point because I was like, you know, this reveal should have come way earlier, and we could have played and had way more fun with it because that's my favorite part. Is like after the reveal that the twins were raised by Missy Pyle, whose twin sister was killed in the opening sequence by the mother of the lead Abby character and has all been like this long, literally like she, like she sent her twin daughters to like survivalist school, taught them martial arts, like that's cool. just bred them to get revenge. And all up to this moment, I was sitting there going like, when is the opening sequence going to tie in? We don't have a lot of time left. This is starting to turn into a universal monster movie where everything is going to wrap up in the last five minutes. And I really just don't (laughs) want that after what I sat through. Like, give me a solid half hour. And we barely get that, but at least we get it. And I was happy about that. Yeah, we, we do get it, which is nice, right? But I'm with you. And I think we've discussed these terms. I think it was like, you know, shows like Kojak, Columbo. They used to be like, is this show going to be a whodunit or a how catch them? And horror works like that as yeah. well, right? There's so many horrors which are whodunits, and there's a lot of horrors who are who catch them. I kind of like the who catch them, or how catch them, sorry. I kind of like the how catch them, you know? Uh, yeah. You know what I like is the both. Do both. Half the movie is who's doing it, and the second half is like, how are we going to catch them, you know, once we find out? Or how are we going to. How are we going to not get caught by him once we know his identity? Because how much cooler, like the the first half of this movie, we think there's one killer, right? And it's the mascot. But what if halfway through the movie, we find out that we find, we the audience, not the not the people in the movie, but we the audience find out there's two killers involved. And then we can have more of like a cat and mouse thing and be on the inside for a bit. Um, and then we kind of find out who they are and why they're doing what they're doing uh in the third act or something but yeah i tend to agree with that um look i love scooby-doo i grew up on scooby-doo but when it's just pure <laughs> who done it the entire time i think of that scooby-doo like you know like the mask reveal like yep. oh man withers you know <laughs> which literally happens in this where it's like pull off the mask to reveal who's underneath kind of thing. yeah i loved that um the just the twin ending of now we're trying to kill all these people and they tease yeah. they tease a little bit of the final girl thing in this. Like, I was thinking there was only going to be one survivor because I think they once or twice mentioned like, "Oh, you're the final girl" or whatever. But a group of them survived. Spoiler alert! I think that's so awesome. Like, I was happy yeah. to see that. How we got there though? Anything fun? Any kills? You know, what people didn't like online. What people did not like the toilet kill. They said that was stupid. That you can't kill someone oh, in the toilet, a toilet seat. Death by swirly. Like I, I dig that. Like I thought, that, I thought she was gonna, like you know, choke on the water or something like that. But like, yo, know, I, I, I didn't have an issue with that. Um, no, like my whole issue was just that they had to censor. 
like at the end when she kills the one twin with the shovel you didn't get to see the impact of like on the throat and then at the when she kills the second twin with the bus you don't get to see her run over like get hit so it's just those two moments were a little confusing uh visually but I was able to kind of parse together what had happened. There's one moment I just, I really fucking loved and I wish it went on a lot longer. And that was the cheer fighting. Do oh you yeah. Okay. Like, and this is what I'm talking about. They could have just made this a movie about cheerleaders, but no, they made this a cheer movie because you're right. They are cheer fighting. It, it was like it was like in Zoolander when they're breakdance fighting. Yeah. Like they were doing moves and landing blows at the same time, and I was like, "This is why I'm here." Like, give me this, give me this throughout the whole movie. Like, throughout the whole movie, give me know, more of it. I was thinking of like, yeah, she, I would have loved like if what's his name, your boy uh, Edgar Wright directed this, and it was like a Scott Pilgrim <laughs> sort of thing. I thought I was, I was like having those kind of flashbacks. I, w- I want Eli Roth to direct this and have the cheerleaders fight back and and like be the one to kill the, st- the killer you know and then they kill the first one and they find out there's another one and then game is on and stuff and then missy pyle shows up and then uh you know kirsten dunce can show up too because it's eli roth and we got a little more money um, <laughs> but, but back but, to what uh, you're saying uh, not seeing the kill so a funny thing happened on my viewing of this right so i watched the first part in my home and then i watched um the second part on my way to work and then I, start, I decided to watch it from the beginning because it's so short. So I watched it on the subway and I downloaded it. And for whatever reason, it downloaded for the blind, captioning okay. for the blind. So there was like a narrator. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch it this way just to see if there's anything I didn't notice. And it actually was better with this like cheesy narrator being like, and then Stacy whacks someone with a shovel, you know, uh, because... <laughs> Mike, you're so right about those two big kills. I was super confused when I saw them. But like when it's narrated, you're like, she slits her throat. And you're like, oh, you know. So that's something that like budget and censorship really took away from the film. Because I'm not a gore hound. Yeah. But we needed that close up cut of the throat. And we needed that like more of that crunch uh, yeah, on the bus. Yeah. Yeah, and it didn't, I, you know, and I don't need it to be, like, horrific, but it's a, it's clearly a missing shot. Yeah, and if this was, like, a part of a student film, I'd be like, you have to go shoot, like, that extra shot. Or if I was, like, a producer, I'd be like, we're missing a shot. Like, clearly, there's two shots that were edited out of this for, for reasons. But it, again, you know, like, at that point, <clears throat> it's almost like, oh, well, we're watching a cheap sci-fi made-for-TV movie, like it's going to be heavily edited. Like I, I didn't expect any blood and I don't think we really get any blood except for the nosebleed in the opening. There's a couple of things I wrote down. Let's see. Missy Pyle drinks from a cup in her office that says student tears on it. Love it. Love it. I thought that was pretty funny. Old abandoned high school. I mean, that is very Scooby-Doo uh, yes. in and of itself. See the thing that, kind of annoyed me is they do stuff in this they just don't have to do like it just didn't have to take place on halloween it just seems like they did that because they knew it was going to come out in october and that's exactly it mike not to cut you off but the working title for this was bring it on halloween so oh well there you go and if that was the working title then i really wish that like it had a lot more halloween in it because we barely have any halloween we just get the guy in like the the mummy costume yeah, and there's only one scene sort of, um, you know, out 
Halloween Eve uh, or Halloween night, seeing trick or treaters and and things like that. So I really wish that that was more incorporated. I, I was sort of bummed when we found out we were going to be locked in an abandoned school the entire movie. I thought it would have been more fun if they tried to cheer at like someone's house or you know one of them had like you know the one girl keeps talking about how like oh my daddy owns this so we could use that and like maybe she was rich (laughs) yeah i know you're right budget what am i thinking the the abandoned school was probably like the same as the normal school that of course it was did you see that roof did it look very abandoned no and the opening sequence and the closing sequence were definitely shot like back to back on the same day Look, they did the best they could with what they had, clearly. It's just, I feel like the premise could go so much further and so much bigger, which was, I guess, the the frustration with it, right? Is like, this feels bigger than a sci-fi television movie. Like, it could have higher aspirations. Like, it could pull off more if someone were to sink a bit more money into this and, you know, bump it up a level. Yeah, no, I agree. I 100%, 100% agree with that. Because I love that idea of like, you know, cheer, bring it on. But now the next one's a horror movie. I like like American Pie, but the next one is like, you know, on a on a spaceship. <laughs> I, I do like the abandoned school. I like that aspect of it. I wish it looked the bathroom looked good. Yeah. The, the auxiliary gym they were using was a, not very abandoned for me. You know, it just looked old. Um, I yeah. wish the school looked a little bit more abandoned and... Let's say you're going to be there. I almost wish that this movie, believe it or not, was longer or maybe less of the cheer thing. I don't know. But we then, after they left the school, we got like sort of running around town, Halloween night. Mm. Other people are dressed like cheerleaders. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit of a crazy melee. And we get like sort of like an outside this place ending because. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it reminded me of a wrestling match almost. It was like. Like a cage uh-huh. match, like escape the cage and it's over, and that's that's kind of what it felt like. Escape the school and you're done. Yeah, that's that's. I feel like that that's pretty apt. Yeah, you know, that's a, it. Would have been interesting, Brian. Is like they really waste Missy Pyle by just teasing her at the end for the next movie one year later. It's like you know they escape the school and everything's fine, and you get that like we all cool down and we're calm down and we're we're gonna go back to the house and like you know tell our parents and call the police and stuff and then you know she shows up like Missy Pyle shows up and chases them like around the house or the neighborhood for another five minutes and yeah her two daughters are murdered even a rational person might want to do that she waits a year (laughs) it's insane it's insane but again I, I enjoyed so many aspects of it like when they have to escape and the rope breaks and the four of them are already down but the like the lead girl is up there and i was like oh no is she gonna have to like find the other twin and kill her and you know that because that's like what a horror movie would do but instead they're like we gotta catch her cheer style yeah she sort of falls off the school like a trust fall and they get her like it's just like it's poetic and beautiful and it's just like cheerleading saves lives and it, it was fun <laughs> yeah i i love that moment too because it was incorporating like a cheer move you know uh i was like oh that's how they're gonna catch her like they're gonna put their arms together like you see when they throw someone up in the air or something i also was curious as to why the killers used a bow and arrow so much like one of them even called him hawkeye uh we 
come to find out it's a little closer to Kate Bishop at the end, seeing as how the twins are, are two girls. But yeah. like they never really set up that archery thing except the throwaway line at the end where she's like, you know, mommy sent us to like survivalist yeah. training and all that shit. So that was a little perplexing. So I put this in my notes. The movie kind of did a good job of not seeming like this was a school shooter. Right? Like, I didn't get that a lot. And that's something that we talk about in High School Slumber Party, especially, like, on AP with the more modern films. Not that we've dealt with too much of this, but films are much more aware now of triggering people, right? I'm not saying they would use a gun, but if they had a gun and then there's kids locked in a school, suddenly you're thinking of the great American tragedy that, unfortunately, we experience way too much, a school shooting, right? There's something about a bow and arrow, despite, uh, I don't know if you saw the film, we did talk about Kevin, He's yes, the, the I was just about to mention that. Oh, and, yeah. And that's super sinister, but this movie didn't have that tone, so I never got that, like, oh, they're crossing the line here with, like, sort of kids locked in a school yeah. thing. And I think the bow and arrow does contribute to that, right? And the axe, That's an interesting you know. point. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah, I never I never once sort of thought it school shooter, um, but maybe part of it subconsciously was the uncomfortable uncomfortableness of being in the school with the kids getting picked off one by one like that. Maybe I just that's what was like, you know, getting under my skin or something like that without mm. even realizing it, which is sort of maybe why I was like earlier saying, like, I just wish they weren't, you know, running around a school the entire movie. Um, like part of the movie's fine, you know, but it's just like that it had to be the whole thing. But budgetary, I get it. You know, I would have done the same thing if i had to <laughs> i thought the lead was really good i really liked her what's her name uh carrie metter she played abby okay yeah I-, I thought she had a really good vibe and i i also like there's like two dudes who are sort of after her romantically and they both don't factor really into the ending <laughs> which no which is comforting right like like the ro- the i would say the lead romance story ended up being the two girls on the team and, and right, yeah. like a a guy didn't save her, you know? True, true. And I think one of those dudes that was um sort of pining for her, didn't they just like open up a door at the end and he's just hanging there dead or something? Yeah. Like I don't even think he was supposed to be there. It's just like maybe he tried to get there at some point and got caught. I don't know, maybe I missed that, but I thought that was funny. It's like, yeah, oh man, like a lot of the, the guys aren't saving anybody really. They're just getting picked nope. off. Anything else you want to mention about the film? I hope they make the next one. I hope they. I hope they do the Missy Pyle one. I don't know. I don't know. Is there is there another hour and a half of this to do, or is this a one shot? Um, with a I with a bigger you, I, budget. With a bigger budget, yes. I don't know if that's going to happen, but like I could totally see this sort of becoming the next Sharknado, where it's like we get one a year for the next like four years, you know, and they just crank these out. And Sci-Fi's like, I think we might have something here if we force it down people's throats. They're going to start liking it by the third one. Because you know they don't care about reviews and stuff. I mean, maybe a little, but it's it's not about <laughs> that. It's about like uh, you know how many people watched it and talked about it, and they're. I've heard their bar is very low, right? Like, they produce a lot of these films that a lot of people don't watch. So if anyone does watch one, there's usually going to be a sequel. So I hope there is one. So I don't think it's as good as Slumber Party Massacre was. And we haven't heard anything about... But we haven't heard anything about continuing that yet either. And I feel like overall, that got bashed a lot less than this is getting. But this just feels like it has more cachet to it than bringing back another franchise like slumber party mask like the the idea of of 
again, genre hopping like that is just intriguing on any level to the point where it's like, yeah, I want to watch this and like review it and talk about it for an hour and all that kind of thing. So I hope, I hope to go back to the well one more time or two more times. And, but I just hope more people start getting involved and it becomes like a cameo fest kind of situation. And like, you know, people just like start popping up left and right playing parents. That would be a lot of fun being like, Ian Zeering, what are you doing in here? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not into that cameo thing. Like you are all the time. Like it depends who it is, but I don't need like Ann Coulter showing up or, Oh no, I don't. I don't. I don't is. need to go that far. We don't need to go that far. <laughs> but I would just say, like, we could we could get sort of um, another level of B actor. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a whole like Missy Pyle is just like one of a hundred great people that are on that level that could show up in the next one. You know what I'm getting at? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of great yeah. character actors that could pop up here. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. All right, let's get to our awards. Who was this movie made for? Uh, high school cheerleaders. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think less. Like, a lot of people might think, like, classic Bring It On fans, nostalgia heads. No, I think this literally was made for that weird inter- intersection of cheer fans and horror fans. <laughs> but are there, like, this makes me wonder if they were like, hey, like, you love to cheer. We need to like, bro- like maybe you love watching High School Musical and all that kind of stuff. Like we need to broaden your horizon. Maybe. Watch a horror film. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I do think though, in my ideal world, slumber parties still exist. I don't know if they do or not, but it's like, you know, the cheer girls are sleeping over somebody's house and they're like, "Let's watch a scary movie. How about this scary cheer movie?" It's such a there we go. small genre, but I love it. <laughs> Most likely to succeed. Who won the movie? Oh, well, the, the lead, Abby, she got over her fear of heights. She survived and murdered the two twins that were trying to murder her. And they made it to finals, and they win the um, they win the whole thing the next year. They make it all the way. She rebuilds the cheer team, and they, they do it for the fallen comrades. Yeah. There's not a lot more winning you could do in a 90-minute a film than that. Yeah. Wooderson Award. Is there a character you would have liked to have seen more of? Well, we mentioned one the entire time. Yeah, definitely Missy Pyle. <laughs> Principal yeah. Pyle. Principal Pyle. <laughs> Long Duck Dong Award. Is there a character whose omission would make the film better? Um, You know, not that they needed to omit this character, but they really, out of everybody, needed to work on this one character was the bus driver. Yeah, so random. Right. So random and like played two different characters, like was definitely someone was doing one thing when they went in the beginning of the movie and doing something totally else at the end of the movie. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, that's a good one. I wasn't yeah. even thinking of that. Cameron Fry Award. Did anyone look too old to be a high schooler? Not to me, man. And like, that's, you know, maybe because I'm too far from that age, they could have been in their mid twenties or whatever, but they all looked really fresh faced and young and like they could have been seniors and stuff. So yeah, it wasn't too bad, but I looked at most of the actors ages and they were on the older side, like 27, 28. Really? That's a surprise. But you know, they have to be really good at dancing. So I think they probably went dancer first. Oh, yeah. Or or, sorry, cheer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't jarring, right? They all looked around the same age and that's usually what helps. Okay, Mike, report card, giving you that manila card. 
This is going to be a weird one. It's a relatively new movie. Yeah. Not a lot of reviews, but they're not good. A plus to F scale, but let's look at the cheat sheet. Rotten Tomatoes, 20% by the critics, 0% by the audience. That'll change, but 0%. 2.0 out of 5 on Letterboxd, which is not good. Throw that away, though. It's all about fun here in High School Slumber Party. What will you grade? Bring it on. Cheer or die. So, as much as I really want to give this like a nice, high, fun report card grade, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be not, not like brutally honest or anything like that, but like, I'm gonna give it an honest grade. I think it's like, you know, it's like a C minus time. I had a C minus time, which I think is higher than anyone expected me to ever give this movie <laughs> for what it is. Like, we're talking about its attributes tonight, but like, there was a lot more problems with this movie than positives i feel but the positives were really good and they really tried and as i maybe you know i'd really love to just give it a c maybe i'll just give it a c Ooh, in the spirit man. of halloween i don't know man c c minus no because the- i was giving it a c and i thought i was going to do better than you but i guess we'll both give it that c but you know what yeah because it does feel like a c student in a sense that like this movie's here for fun Right, this movie's not here to get that A or even B grade. <laughs> yeah, it's just here for a good time. C student, and I had fun, and I think it passes, and I think it's going to graduate, but it's not getting a scholarship anywhere. Right, you're like you're not writing home about no. this film. This is this is just something that happened that I enjoyed my evening watching it, and that's pretty much the end of it. Though I do want more, so see. <laughs> Mike, what does your cheer or die sleeping bag look like? Oh man, I totally forgot about this segment on your show, but uh, uh, go Diablo! I'm getting one of those crazy mascot sleeping bags. Nice. It almost looks like my pet monster. You know, <laughs> like it is really cool. So something with that big furry fuzzy freak on it. Damn, that was going to be mine. Um... <laughs> Well, they sell more than one. <laughs> well, you know, like the cheer outfit, something along those lines. But, um, huh. Damn. I guess, I, what, what was the other team's name? The Green Knights? I'm going to go to the Green Knights sleeping bag. Sequins and right. sparkles and everything. <laughs> All right, Mike, my favorite question every week. You and I are in the magical blockbuster that is every movie that has ever existed. We get to the front. We see a sign that says rent two movies, get one free. We know that we are renting Bring It On, Cheer or Die for our slumber party. But what two other films do you recommend for a little rental triple feature tonight? Okay. I had so many movies picked out for this segment tonight. It's not even funny. Uh, But I ultimately went with a pretty well-known movie that I'm very much looking forward to rewatching that I haven't seen in years that I actually saw in theaters. And I think you might've covered it on the show. I'm not sure, but my first movie is 2009's Jennifer's body. Nice. Nice. Yeah. The Karen Kusuma, uh, film, you know, you got your, I mean, the Seyfried, the Megan Fox, you got the Chris Pratt, I guess he's in that. He was in that. Wow. I really got to rewatch this. What? I don't remember that. I don't either. Uh, you know, before he was Pratt, 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 I guess. <laughs> Have you covered that one yet? You covered it, right? Yeah, we, we, I covered it with the eyes on way back when. She was not a fan. It disappointed a lot of slumberers because a lot of slumberers love that film. So I think of doing a redo at some point. All right. 
Now, the next movie I saw, I believe the first time I saw this was on The Last Drive-In a year or two ago or something like that, the, the Joe Bob Briggs on, on Shudder, Last Drive-In, uh, with him and, and Darcy the Mail Girl. Uh, it's from 1988. I, I remember it to be fucking awesome. I had never seen it before, and after I watched it on The Last Drive-In, I rewatched it, and it's called Black Roses, from 1988 and it's a total like satanic panic thing where like a high school teacher finds out that this band coming to town is like gonna put a satanic curse on the students and turn everyone into zombie monsters and shit and, and like oh my god i recommended this as a movie that we should cover here one day on the oh, show really high school film? uh yeah high school film um it's about a high school teacher trying to stop like this heavy metal band from oh. turning everyone in town and especially the kids into like maniacs, homicidal, antisocial zombie kids and demon children. So a lot wow. of like playing records backwards, a lot of, you know, heavy metal, uh, a lot of glam and uh, makeup. So that's awesome. <laughs> I remember this movie is. I'm looking it's it a up lot now. of fun. We, you and I might need to do that with uh, my good friend from north of the border, Ryan Stick, big metalhead. So, oh, cool. Got to got to contact him about that. But that sounds awesome. This movie looks really cool. Yeah, it would it would also go well with that movie Trick or Treat, the one with uh, Skippy and Gene, Gene Simmons. You remember? Yeah, that I, one? I, co- I covered that with him. That's why. That's what, exactly, okay. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, those are my picks. Great, great picks tonight, Mike. This was a blast talking Cheer or Die. Like, it was one of these films where... Am I going to remember this film in five years? Probably not. But I had a good time watching. You had a good time watching. So that's that's all that really matters here. But Mike, I've been anxious the entire time. I've been waiting to hear the news on the future of High School Slumber Party. So, So Mike, you're the superintendent. What is the verdict? What's going to happen to High School Slumber Party? Brian, congratulations, because High School Slumber Party has been renewed. Oh, yes. We made it. Thank you. It's been so hard this year. We, we've we've tried so hard, and, and finally, finally, we graduated. Oh, well, I, just, I don't remember saying anything about graduating. So, you know, to be, to be honest with you, Brian, uh, Joey and I discussed it, and you don't have enough credits to graduate what you haven't covered enough classic teen movies so yeah you're allowed to continue the show but you'll need to work a little harder to graduate wait so we're still seniors this is just gonna be a continuation of our senior year oh god so i'm sorry brian but as superintendent senior year must continue this senior year might just continue forever Jeez. okay no you're right you're right i'm gonna Catch myself, composure here. I will cover some classics. But you know what? I'm going to blame you a little bit, Mike. Because you and I got way too bogged down into those Corey films. We spent (laughs) months now for years talking Corey movies. You got to get back to some classics. Corey will be back too, but you're right. Yeah. In due time, I I will finish this senior year. And I'm sure all the slumberers will graduate. So thank you. Thank you and Joey for extending High School Slumber Party on this fall calendar and beyond. And I will take this gift of time that I've been given to present some 
really, really good films to the slumberers out there. Well, that's really good to hear. That's the perfect attitude to have moving forward. Uh, no more truancy with Corey and playing hooky with Feldman or Haim until, <laughs> until we get a few more credits under our belt. So that might have to wait till summer break or vacation <laughs> or spring break, but, uh, but not on the clock. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, thank you, Mike, for your work here on Heist's Slumber Party, as always, and you know, your continued title as superintendent. Um, you and I have a show together, too, another show called Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar. Tune in there. We cover the films of Francis Ford Coppola. And this month for October, we finished The Godfather. And we did really awesome film, Bram Stoker's Dracula with Dan Colon, your co-host on The Monsters That Made Us, another show you have. That's right. You can catch me on The Monsters That Made Us with Dan Colon the last Friday of every month where we are there talking about the classic universal horror monster movies uh, like Frankenstein, Wolfman, Invisible Man. It's a variable monster mash, shall I say, <laughs> as some people put it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's going strong. Of course, I'm frequently on your other show, Third Time's a Charm. Oh, that's yes. a blast. And Mike, you have so many shows on the Cage Club Podcast Network, besides the Monsters That Made Us yes. for October. Any yes. other one that you'd like to highlight? Yes. So, yeah, actually, Joey and I just did a new episode for Hanks for the Memories, where he played Geppetto in Pinocchio. So you can go listen to our review of Pinocchio. We got a new review for our Elvis podcast, Girls, 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 where Elvis... Girls, girls, girls. (laughs) Yes, except Elvis is like running a boat tour Check out that movie <laughs> it's pretty awesome um it's not awesome i mean it's okay i mean there's a, there's one amazing scene sort of towards the end of that movie worth checking out the entire thing for but uh listen to that review joey and i also do shows about nick cage the titular nicholas cage of uh cage club uh keanu charlize tom cruise uh lots of stuff over at cageclub.me that's cageclub.me Well, Mike, always a pleasure, and we'll speak soon. Big thank you to the superintendent, Mike Manzi. So, whew, good news and bad news there. Good news is that we'll be able to do other episodes, thank God, because I do have some in the hopper. Bad news is that we did not graduate. Ugh, the senior year is going to last forever. You know what? At least I'm getting to spend my time with you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for continuing on our senior year. If you know someone who can help us through this process, maybe you know a good guest for High School Slumber Party, let me know. Remember, you can also email the show, highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. Open to suggestions, open to films that we should cover, open to ways that we can escape this senior year and, again, graduate to that higher plane, if you will. Maybe we'll have a prom. I don't know. Oh, man. Once again, thank Mike Manzi. Thank you, Slumbers, for listening. And by the way, if you want to listen to some more of me and Mike Manzi, you should check out our new show, Uncle Francis's Wine Cellar, where we talk the films of Francis Ford Coppola. That is available wherever you get your podcasts, and that is a lot of fun. We talk different movies because they're Coppola movies, but we have the same amount of fun, if not more. So check that out. But here in High School Slumber Party, the show must go on. The senior year must go on. Let's see. Not doing Hocus Pocus next. We're going to do another horror film. We had to bring Shawnee Mead back. October tradition here. 
And last year we talked the blob. This year we talked the blob as well. But we're talking the original blob. Here's the trailer. Dave! Doc Hallen's been killed. Doc Hallen? What happened? It's over at his place. You gotta come now. Oh, wait a minute, Steve. Tell us what happened. Well, I'm trying to tell you. Now, this thing had killed the doc. Well, what was it? Stop with it, kid. Well, it's kind of like a... It's kind of like a mass that keeps getting bigger and bigger. It... Every one of you watching this screen, look out. Because soon, very soon, the most horrifying monster menace ever conceived will be oozing into this theater. Teenagers see it first, like a falling star from outer space. Boy, that was close. Hey, come on, I want to see if I can find it. An old man finds it, touches it, and this is the shocking result. From then on, there's no stopping the blob as it spreads from town to town. It's indestructible. It's indescribable. Nothing can stop it. This town is in danger. How can it be stopped? Mob hysteria sweeps one city. Before long, the nation, and then the world could fall before the blood-curdling threat of the Bob. Starring Steve McQueen and a cast of exciting young people. The Blob, 1958, that's your homework. One of the older films that we've done on High School Slumber Party. I can't wait to have Shawnee back on. I can't wait to talk this film. It's going to be a blast. Stay tuned to the feed for when that episode will be out. I think it'll be Halloween, but we're going to try our best to make it Halloween. Hope you guys enjoyed our episode. One more thing, remember that life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while... You could miss it. Happy early Halloween. Let's leave you with an actual song off this film's soundtrack. Bring it on. Cheer or die. It is called Always Be Part of Us. X Out by Patrick Caird. Sorry, Patrick, I'm mispronouncing your name. (laughs) Later, friends. It's over. Go home. Go.